Support for Coffee Table comes from Pier 1 Theater, Homer's Community Theater, supporting community voices. Schedules and information on Pier 1 Productions at 226-2287 and pier1theater.org. is KBBI Homer, AM 890. The time is 9.03 a.m. I'm Kathleen Gustafson, your host for this week's Coffee Table. And for the Coffee Table this week, the topic is the Kachemak Bay Family Planning Clinic. There's lots going on there. And I want to talk about services and also a presentation called Pandemic Portraits. But first, let's check to see that everyone is here from beautiful downtown Soldotna, Alaska, I believe that Abby Surford is on the line. Abby, are you there? Abby Struford? Hi, can you hear me? I can hear you. If you can speak Hi. up a little bit or turn up your volume a little bit, I'll turn you up too. Good morning, Abby. Good morning. How are you? Uh, we're, it seems to be going beautifully so far. Right. Also in the uh, studio is... Claudia Haynes, Kachemak Bay Family Planning Clinic Executive Director. Claudia, how let's test your mic. Good morning, Kathleen. Good morning to you. And also, Sonia Martin-Young, nurse midwife extraordinaire. Good morning. <laughs> Good morning. All right. So I'm going to get back to Abby Struford and the uh, Ladies First program in just a few minutes. But right now, I'd like to start with, uh, first of all, Welcome. I think, is this your first time, Claudia, at KBBI in your new role as executive director? Lots of people know Claudia from the library for many years, but how long have you been at Kachemak Bay Family Planning now? I joined KBFPC last September, so it's been about eight months. 
And I'm so happy to be here in part because I have a, a little story for everyone. Um, I'm super honored to work with Sonia because she actually helped bring at least one of my little people into the world. Um, and she is, of course, a family planning veteran. So it's really great to be here on the radio with her. Ah, uh, thanks so much. And Claudia, also, so good morning, Sonia. <laughs> And so can you introduce yourself a little bit before we get to pandemic portraits and what that is? Yeah, I'm Sonia Martin-Young. I'm a nurse midwife, as you mentioned, and I have worked at Family Planning uh, since 2002, actually. And I was just uh, there one day a week for many, many years. Um, got a little uh, too busy at my other job at the hospital, and so I was not doing that for a little while. And then... When I came back after my little stint with breast cancer, I decided that it would be fun to work at Family Planning more. So I am actually one of two providers there now, and we are open to see clients with providers every day of the week now. So breast cancer screening is very personal for you. It is. All right. It's good to have you here. Now, I do want to focus on, we'll start with pandemic portraits at KBFPC on Ben Walters through the month of May. What are the pandemic portraits, Claudia? So the pandemic portraits exhibit um, was curated by Affinity Films. The producer director there, um, Mary Kotsky, um, uh, pulled together 15 photographers and 15 um, women uh, battling cancer during the COVID pandemic. And the very intimate personal portraits are displayed on the clinic walls, as you said, through the month of May. And, you know, breast cancer screening and cervical cancer screening is, is a really important part of our work and low and no cost access to those screenings is really important. And so we really wanted to kind of celebrate both the struggles and triumphs um, that cancer survivors and people going through the, the cancer process are experiencing. We thought this would be a really great way to do that. Well, I know mm -hmm. Local photographer Linda Smoger is one of the photographers in the exhibit. And is it just for clients of KBFPC or will there be a first Friday walkthrough or anything like that? Yeah, so if you um, have an appointment, you obviously can get to see the portraits anytime, but we really have a kind of a, a strong philosophy about uh, kind of protecting the confidentiality of clients at the clinic. So what we did is um, decided to host a first Friday on May 6th from 5 to 7 p.m. so that the public could come in and see the exhibits and also see what the clinic's all about. This leads me to asking how has the pandemic changed the way that services are provided? I can probably hear from both of you on this, Sonia Martin-Young and Claudia Haynes. Can you talk about safety protocols or how things have changed and where they stand right now? Because that's, of course, what everybody wants to know. Family planning struggled a little bit during during the pandemic. Um, With scheduling, right? Staying had, open regular yes, hours? Yes, we were not open for a period of time uh, to be able to see clients on a regular basis. So that was really, really challenging for us. Um, that was partly a staffing issue and partly um, just precautionary. Uh, but it did allow us to sort of start doing some telehealth which we um, have sort of embraced and are enjoying um, continuing with. Uh, we are definitely still practicing COVID precautions at this point. We are asking 
clients to wear masks, and we, we mask as well when we're um, in the clinic. So, uh, and we will ask screening questions. So we're pretty careful with that within the clinic. Um, Claudia, do you want to talk about other aspects of that? You know, I think um, staff-wise, one of the, the big pieces for us was um, complying with the Center for Medicare and Medicaid Services um, COVID vaccine um, process, and so the requirement, and so we fully embraced that, mm -hmm. um, knowing that, you know, staying open and this commitment to community wellness, that that was a piece we could all play and also, you know, continue to stay open the healthier we are. Um, so th that's kind of a kind of a broader organizational piece. All right, and but you're open regular hours now for mm -hmm. appointments, right? Yep. Five days a week. Yep. For the first time in almost forty years, we you you can make an appointment with Sonia or Dr. Holmes five days a week. Excellent. Yeah. I want to focus. I will move my focus to breast and cervical cancer screenings specifically, and so I'm going to bring in Abby Strufert from. Ladies First, which is DHSS funded, Department of Health and Social Services funded, uh, subsidized or paid breast and cervical cancer screenings. Abby, can you come on the mic and introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about Ladies First and then we'll get in depth. Yeah, can you hear me okay? Just fine. Perfect. So I am Abby and I, I'm based here in Sylvatna. Uh, and I have the absolute privilege of being a contractor with the Ladies First program uh, to do outreach and education across the Kenai Peninsula on the program. And then I can also offer services such as patient navigation. So really just having those conversations with uh, residents on the Kenai Peninsula about barriers or some of the needs that they have to meet in order to get um, screened uh, and um, complete those screenings that are required. So, but I really work with individuals across the Kenai Peninsula, educating them on the program and helping them get enrolled in the program so that they can um, seek the benefits. And how do people get in touch with you? Because there's no, so, there's no uh, brick and mortar place to go for Ladies First, right? You exist in the, you exist on the web. Yeah, I exist in the web and in the community. So I do a lot of um, community facing events, which has actually been quite a challenge. Oh, what are you uh, doing? Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, we just had our first health fair here in the Central Peninsula area since I think October of 2019. And wow. that was, it felt like a big moment. <laughs> so I have missed that. I, I did attend um things like I would call in via Zoom. I attended the Homer Rotary Health Fair via Zoom and gave presentations and call into a lot of the um, Homer community uh, coalitions and, and groups just to get to know the partners and continue to be a face at the table. But it has certainly been a challenge not being able to be in person to do this outreach. Well, so what I was reading, I have a link that we'll put up for people uh, when we post the show but what I was reading is that most of your focus is on prevention, but that once people are diagnosed, there's also, you can also put them in touch with health and services. Yeah. So um, for those that are in the program, say, for example, they enroll and utilize ladies first for um, coverage for screening and or diagnostic procedures. Um, if 
the unfortunate situation um, uh, comes about that they do indeed have cancer, uh, I do believe our Ladies First staff can help plug them into perhaps um, Medicaid or whatever it may be to help with that, um, the, I guess, the road forward. Gotcha. Now, I am going to shift a little bit to talk about other funding through Kachemak Bay Family Clan- Planning Clinic. But before I do that, uh, I'll start with Claudia and then back to you, Abby. Uh, how do Claudia, how do you and Lady KBFPC and Ladies First work together? So that really starts when someone calls the clinic to make an appointment um, for, say, an annual wellness visit, um, which is where those screenings will take place. And I'll let Sonia talk about that um, in just a minute. But, you know, the um, client service coordinators that work at the front desk of the clinic really kind of connect with clients there and help them um, begin to navigate the process of accessing low and no cost services, including those screenings. So whether it's through um, the Ladies First program or it's through kind of the sliding fee scale that we offer as part of the Title X funding we receive, or it's through their insurance, um, private pay, Medicaid, all the, the different options. We really try to kind of decrease the financial barriers to getting screenings and the other services we offer. And Ladies First is certainly an, a really important partner. And is there, is there anything that you want to add to that, Abby? Yeah, I would just like to say that, um, you know, one of the things that I notice in the outreach that I do is a lot of individuals assume that because they are already insured, that they wouldn't benefit from a program like Ladies First. And I always like to say that because this program covers screening and some diagnostic procedures, somebody that has insurance would still benefit from this program, especially if they um, are needing some sort of diagnostic procedure uh, done. And that's you know fairly common, especially like with pap smears. So I always say just because you're insured doesn't mean you wouldn't benefit. And then of course, those that are uninsured would greatly benefit from this program. Um, and then the enrollment or the qualifications to get enrolled in this program are between the ages of 21 and 16. And it's based on household income and um, household number. And it's quite generous. I'm looking at it right now. I'm looking at it right now. For a household with four people, maximum monthly income is almost $7,000 a month, almost $83,000 a year. So it's really broad. Lots of people are going to yes. qualify for it. And it doesn't look, as long as your insurance, especially if your insurance doesn't pay for specific things, I was a little shocked in my research to find out that there is insurance that does not pay for breast and cervical health screenings. Uh, but it looks like uh, lots and lots of people can be eligible for this. Yes, you're absolutely correct. I think there are a lot of people that would benefit and just don't know that they would qualify. So that's why we're trying to get the word out there. And there is no premium to this. So when you enroll, it's not like you have to pay anything monthly for this program. Oh, wonderful. And I'm looking at your stats on the Division of Public Health website. Uh, Almost 70,000 people served. uh, Over 388,000 procedures paid for since 1995. uh, 660 cases of breast cancer detected. 938 cases of 
cervical precancer detected. I'm guessing that's since 1995. Uh, how long have you been involved and what got you uh, affiliated with Ladies First? Well, I have been doing outreach for Ladies First for a little bit over three years now or coming up on three years. And I have a background working in cancer prevention. I did um, prevention work across the entire state of Alaska for the American Cancer Society for about seven years prior to this role. So I have a passion for cancer education, prevention, early detection, and all the above. Well, thanks so much. Do you feel like there's anything, we are definitely going to post your link, and if you could tell people now how to get in touch with Ladies First. Yeah, I absolutely. I think the best way to do it in the Homer community and surrounding community would be to con contact Kachemak Bay Family Planning. They are such an incredible partner in the community there. And so obviously contact contacting their clinic would be an, a great step. And you can also contact the 1-800 number. Um, and that uh, is available online as well as I can mention it here. And it's one 800 410-6266. And then I will be available in the community as well, um, hopefully as events um, start happening again. I'll make sure that number gets out. Also, you can see all the information and plenty more that I just listed at the uh, Division of Public Health, uh, Alaska Department of Health and Social Services. I literally Googled ladies first in quotes and then the word breast, and it took me there. So... Um, it's easily accessible for everyone. You can also um, go to the kbfpc.org website and find out about Ladies First and the other ways to kind of uh, fund your, your screening services too. Right, that was my next question, mm -hmm. was that even if for some reason you are not eligible for Ladies First, then Kachemak Bay Family Planning Clinic does have other avenues to pursue in terms of getting your, your care funded, right? Yeah, so um, currently KBFPC is the only subrecipient for Title X funds in the state. And what that does is it really offsets the significant costs that are associated with low and no cost services, right? And so we're very, very thankful for that funding. And what that kind of leads us to is that everyone kind of sees where they fit on our sliding fee scale. And again, that's part of that that process when you first interact with us at the clinic. Um, and so that that's very generous too. And again, it's just, it's all about making sure people can get the care they need regarding re reproductive health. Okay, that's Claudia Haynes, Executive Director of Kachemak Bay Family Planning Clinic. Also, Abby Struford, Outreach for Ladies First. Abby, if you would like to stay on the show and jump in at any moment, you are welcome to do so. But we're going to keep moving, and I know that you may have to go on to other things. But I want to thank you and give you uh, an opportunity to say anything else that you'd like to say before we move on to Sonia Martin-Young, nurse midwife extraordinaire. Thank you so much for your time. I appreciate the opportunity to represent Ladies First today. Thank oh, you. we really appreciate you being available. And uh, just you can log off whenever you feel like it or stay on and jump in if you see anything you'd like to add. So Sonia Martin-Young, it is back to you. Um, I would like for you to give a little more um, in-depth biography. Mm -hmm. uh, and 
then what we're going to talk about is I'm going to ask you to demystify the clinic visits. Okay. What happens when you get there? Mm -hmm. So first, let's, let's hear a little bit about you. Like everyone in town doesn't know you, but let's do it. <laughs> well, I've been a midwife since about 2002 um, and have worked here at, I worked at Homer Medical and family planning all this time. Um, and I have uh, really enjoyed being a part of catching a lot of babies. In a boatload of babies. Uh, there, there might be a boatload. <laughs> might be a fairly large boatload, actually. Oh, <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> uh, yeah. And it, that has been a, an amazing thing. I've uh, um, just enjoyed being part of being part of family planning in the past. And I'm so glad to be back now. Um, everybody knows that I have super varied interests. So I have a year round aquaponic greenhouse that I've and you have Mustangs. And I have Mustangs. <laughs> and I don't mean the cars. And we definitely do not mean the cars. I, I, yeah, my husband and I have just adopted three wild BLM Mustangs and are having a really good time training them. So that's been really fun. I know we're not supposed to go there, but they're BLM, B Bureau of Land Management Wild Mustangs. Where did they come from? These came from uh, Devil's Garden in California. And, uh, and they barged on up here? We, yeah, we had a trainer that we're, we worked with. We worked with a, a little organization that uh, helped bring them up here. And, um, and we did a lot of work to get them here. And now we're working with them every day. All right, go Mustangs. Yeah. But back to the clinic. Yeah. Uh, talk about, so I make an appointment mm -hmm. for uh, a breast and cervical health check. Is it the same thing? Or is do I go for a breast exam or do I go... How does it work? So the visits are actually quite individualized. So I would, you can certainly get both a breast and cervical health check visit. There are some people who uh, both via age and um, just based on their history may not need a breast exam. They may not need a pap smear, you know, because certainly people don't necessarily need those every year. So somebody might just need a breast exam and not need a pap smear. Uh, so yeah, they can get either either of those things, and we can certainly combine those visits with birth control methods. Um, and we also mentioned doing some telehealth. A little bit more challenging to do that with if somebody needs a breast exam or a Pap smear, uh, but we can certainly do some consultation via telehealth as well. So there, I've made my appointment. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I'm coming in for a breast exam or not a breast exam so much is it what is it well it can be um so the once again it depends on the person <laughs> it right it really does yeah. yeah uh so the first thing that you're gonna do is meet with uh jane and johnny who are our front desk folks and they're gonna do a questionnaire like you would get at most health clinics uh where you're gonna get to fill out a little electronic questionnaire if you have any di difficulty with that we're happy to help out um and then once that's filled out uh our medical assistant, Cherie, would come and uh, bring the patient back to the room, do the vitals, maybe ask a few more questions about history. And then either Dr. Holmes or I would come in. And at that point, based on both information that we have um, from the history that you filled out, uh, your age, um, any prior visits that you might have had with us or with somebody else if we have that information, we would have a conversation first about what your needs are and what we can do to, to fulfill that. And so most of the time, you know, we have a really good idea of what is needed. 
And then we just kind of add with, um, you know, does somebody have some concerns? Do you have a breast lump? Do you have um, breast pain? Anything like that that we actually need to check on. Typically, um, if somebody is going to be, if they're there for a breast check, they're going to get most likely a breast exam. Um, there, it would be really rare for me to not do a breast exam and send somebody up for, say, a mammogram or an ultrasound um, based on that. And are you the only person doing this? Who else is there? So Dr. Holmes is also there. So she does two half days a week there and um, can do the same kind of exams that I can do as well as a little bit more. Uh, Go ahead, Claudia. Yeah. I was going to say Dr. Holmes is also the clinic's medical director. So she has also this kind of administrative role in, in both the clinic and organization. So it's kind of a nice fit with what Sonia contributes. And cervical cancer screenings, what happens if I come for that? So a similar kind of intake, and again, we can do those things at the same time as well. Uh, that would also, again, start with a chat about what's needed and just making sure that we're not doing too much cervical screening. And then we would do an exam, um, with a, including a pelvic exam, where we take the pap sample if anybody hasn't had that done. We're happy to talk through that with them ahead of time. Uh, and we're, we do that a lot with folks who have not had it done, and we just um, try to make that as comfortable as we can. Our exam rooms are really, really comfortable. Our gowns are cloth and are heated. Uh, so we just try to make everything as comfortable for people and in a otherwise somewhat uncomfortable situation as we possibly can. Okay, and what's new at the clinic? What else am I missing? I mean, because breast and cervical cancer screenings are not the only thing you do, and we will talk a little later in the show about all of those things, but I would like to hear from you about, about what's happening at the clinic today. Well, um, I guess we have a few new services that we're going to be offering. Um, some, I'm going to just start out with the um, Empower testing, which is um, the genetic testing for the BRCA deletions for that uh, can cause breast cancer <clears throat> or can be a contributor. Um, so we actually can offer that now through a, uh, uh, an organization called Natera. And that can either be a blood draw or a saliva sample that we can do and send that off. And it's actually relatively low cost. There can be a cost associated with it if you don't have an insurance, but it's a relatively low cost way to get that screening done. Um, we're offering, uh, we're going to start offering a service called PrEP and PEP. Um, and that is looking at um, folks who are at high risk of getting HIV, con contracting HIV, and trying to prevent that from occurring, or people who have uh, post-exposure of potentially of HIV and being able to help prevent HIV um, at that t stage too. So we're kind of rolling out that program now. I just heard about it when we had our pre-meeting last week about PEP and PrEP. Mm -hmm. So are, is it really underway now? It is underway. We, um, uh, we have a few little steps still before we can kind of roll it out to the whole clinic, but we're, we are definitely working that direction really fast, and we could certainly make appointments for it at this stage. Okay. Yeah. So, Claudia, is there anything you want to add to that before we move on to a little more talk, actually just the talk of outreach? Who is out there? Do you still have people going door to door? I guess you'll be at the health fair coming up. 
And then also, we cannot leave here today without discussing the mammogram van, <laughs> because I'm very excited about the mammogram van. And if you have any questions for Claudia or Sonia, you can email to Kathleen at kbbi.org. And I'm just figuring out which of these faders will take a phone call. So 235-7721 is the number to call if you'd like to uh, ask a question that can get sent into the studio. Or you can email to Kathleen at kbbi.org. So let's talk outreach. Let's talk outreach. You know, I wanted to add to what Sonia was talking about, uh, about the screenings, because since, since July of last year, we've done um, almost 230 screenings, which I think is pretty significant, considering we have not been doing our award-winning door-to-door outreach mm-hmm. program. It's right? been a while. Yeah, and I think a lot of, a, a lot of people put off this kind of care, right? And I and I think we're starting to see people feel more comfortable um, seeking out this kind of care, which we're really, really happy to see that. Um, and coming out of the, the kind of the lockdown, really hunker down portion of the pandemic, we're re-envisioning what we do as outreach. Um, you know, we still have that pretty robust um, youth outreach, but we're, you're going to start seeing us at more events. We were at the Homeless Connect event. Um, some of our staff and board members were actually at Grace Ridge um, a few weeks ago, and so you'll see more of that. Was it your first? Was it your first uh, homeless outreach event? Um, in a couple years, yeah, we provided information, but that was kind of um, there were actually several of us that helped with that event. Um, and so it was kind of a first foray, and you'll see actually more uh, clinic staff um, and you know general KBFPC staff doing outreach, which is really excellent. Uh, I think from my perspective, because you'll see people um, out in the community that you will then see in the clinic, and that and that's that really nice familiar connection, especially for people who may not have you know uh, a constant medical provider or a medical home this is their their place to get care you are the net to catch a lot of us in that mm-hmm. way yeah we, we we certainly understand that and so we're trying to make that very comfortable transition but I, I do remember from my time have to say I, I spent some time on the board at KBFPC thank you and I do remember mm-hmm. from my time that that it's important to remind people, that, you know, if you have great insurance and you don't need to file for uh, for that kind of help, this is still the best place to get your services. This is still the place to, that would be the person who might become a member of KBFPC and become a donor. Uh, or just, that's where you're going to get great care. So everyone is welcome and there are lots of ways for people to get services paid for but don't take that to mean that this clinic is only for people who have no insurance and only for people it's for everybody yeah because the way we think about it is um we we certainly offer exceptionally high quality care and when you come see sonia for an annual wellness visit for example and you have insurance that insurance helps support the next client who maybe is uninsured or underinsured. Um, so certainly um, insurance payments are one piece of our um, income. 
And we did talk a little bit about the PrEP and PEP HIV prevention and treatment program that's new, but also it is a place to get birth control. What about, can you get an IUD inserted there? You can. Ooh. <laughs> we offer all of the uh, all of the IUD options out there um, from the the non hormonal Paragard. Um, and I wouldn't even begin to say, you know, what mm -hmm. do people need when they come in for birth right. control? Because if you think that the screenings are are specific to individuals, <laughs> this is. Yes. There's just no way to predict what's best for people. You yep. got to talk to your provider. Yep, and we're really good. I mean, it's actually one of my favorite topics. So it's so based people, on the needs and desires of the person. Yeah, people will know that I can just yammer away about this. Um, well, go go yeah. for it. You got a mic. <laughs> well, in the you know, if if somebody right. comes to see me and they're interested in different options, I'm happy to talk about all the different options, and I have a, a lot of experience. Um, with both, you know, talking with people who have had the different things um, placed or, um, and going to a lot of conferences. So I've learned a lot about this particular topic. So I'm happy to chat with people about the different options and uh, everything from, you know, hormonal to non-hormonal options, the different kind of pills um, that we have. We can, uh, we have some uh, pills uh, and um, options available in the clinic. Um, then there's also options to give people prescriptions for things as well. Re and referrals too? Uh, referrals if they needed it, if but need really it. for right. birth control, I think we've got that covered. Okay. Yeah. And, and I there's condoms everywhere. Just, just literally so you know, everywhere. Come, yeah. come in, get condoms anywhere. Yeah. And I, I think this is probably a good time, Sonia, to add that, you know, the clinic and, you know, the birth control um, options that we have aren't just for adults. We, you know, we've talked about the breast cancer screening, you know, in ladies first 21 and up. Um, but we certainly do uh, welcome teens as clients. And so I think that's kind of an important thing to add here. And so that leads me right on schedule to the next thing on my topic list, which is peer educators. <laughs> so much. Uh, well, let me let you, I have much love for this program. <laughs> the last two Morning Edition hosts who employed, are employed by KBBI have been peer educators. Whatever it is you guys are doing the, in the selection process, in the training process, and then in just the doing of it, Whatever it is you're doing, you are building strong communicators for sure. So can you introduce the program and talk a little bit about it? Sure. You know, I, I think I also adore the peer educators and that whole program that Tyler Schleeman and Carolyn Norton have going and also um, Sierra Moschios because, uh, you know, I think kind of a fundamental idea that ties all of our programs together is this this notion that it's really important to have evidence-based information about all of these topics and kind of this supported access to this information. So not just here's the information, but here is how you can use that information to make choices about your life, right? Um, and I think that is very evident in the clinic, but I also think that is kind of what the peer um, education program is really rooted in. and. What we do is we partner, you know, probably most significantly partner with um, Kenai Peninsula School District to go into area schools. Right, you Seldovia mm -hmm. last week and Port Graham? Yeah, we, well, Port Graham, um, we were visiting with them virtually. Um, Nan Wallach, we're also going to do a virtual um, learning experience. Homer High School, Flex, Homer Middle School. Um, 
marathon school up as part of the Kenai Youth Facility. Um, I think I've covered Homer Middle, Homer, I think I I think I've covered most of the ones this year. And so some of those are in person. Some of those have been virtual depending on COVID cases and um, just other logistical pieces. And so what this program does is, is partners with the classroom teacher. So um, Tyler most consistently and some of the high school age peer educators um, who are employed by KBFPC to go in and implement a sexual health curriculum. Um, in addition to sexual health, topics about resiliency, substance misuse, um, and healthy relationships are... Also, are, with, with younger kids, isn't it, or don't you address the difference between information being private, which is okay, and someone telling you that what you're doing is a secret, which you should definitely tell? Yeah. Like, I, it's, Consent, I, I found that in yeah. the curriculum yeah. or whatever, in the information that with the younger kids, it was basically learning what is what their bodies are, what the parts of their bodies are, and having them understand that they can say no. Mm -hmm. And that if someone tells them that this is a secret, that's, you know, you should definitely talk to someone you trust. Yeah. yeah and there's, you know, throughout the curriculum, there is this notion of um, young people connecting with trusted adults and including incorporating parents and caregivers into that learning so that the learning extends beyond the classroom. Um, and I, you know, I got the, the, the chance to sit in on some of the high school um, experiences in the middle school, and I was really struck by how confident and knowledgeable those, you know, primarily seventh through ninth graders were talking about, you know, topics that as, as a culture, as a community, we're pretty uncomfortable with, but are very critical to community wellness. You know, whether it's sexually transmitted infections, consent, um, healthy relationships, sexual abuse, um, you know, all of, all of these pieces, pregnancy, you know, kind of controlling when and what your family will look like, all of these topics, and they're just really great. And It's so helpful that you don't come in, the peer educators or anyone doesn't come in with the assumption, because all of us sometimes think, oh, teenagers, they know everything, they've seen it all. They're, we, I tend to assume they're more sophisticated, and then I'm not taking as good care of them when I'm giving information. Yeah, and, I, and the confidence I'm talking about is in the students in the class, right? But then you have these peer educators who are all ninth to 12th graders. How many? Um, right now there's seven. Um, it fluctuates between five and seven. Um, and they come on board and they meet um, in the rec room building three times a week and go through um, training constantly, either preparation for the learning experiences, mastering content, presentation skills they will go on to use in their adult life. Um, and then right now what's really cool is that they are going through this kind of extended training process um, to work. They're actually producing a podcast to kind of support that um, in classroom learning. Okay. If you have any questions, you can call 235-7721 and either come to air or just leave your question with Jimmy on the phone and he'll send it in by, a, um, by chat. Or you can email your question to Kathleen at kbbi.org. 
And this is the coffee table, and the time is 9.40 a.m., and the topic is the Kachemak Bay Family Planning Clinic. Sitting right here is Claudia Haynes, the executive director, and I want to jump right back into it because you mentioned the rec room, the home for the home base for the peer educators, but I'd like to get in a little more in-depth to that. Um, the rec room is right next door to the clinic. It is mm-hmm. a separate building, and I'd like to know, I know that on Wednesdays at 4.30, the Unicorn Union meets, yeah. which is the LBT, LGBTQIA, the queer group for all people. And I wanted, I, I did, I know I checked with uh, you, talked to you a little bit about this in the pre-meeting, but given all that's going on in the world, I just wanted to say the words and have you affirm it that Kachemak Bay Family Planning Clinic is a safe space for trans kids. Yes, and you know, it really is kind of at the core of both the peer education piece, the clinic piece, as well as the rec room, which is the space that is that kind of after school um, teen space in Homer. And what is the age group after, after high school or up until 12 plus 12 12 and up? Yeah. 12 to 17. Um, And so primarily high school um, age teens. And so this is not only this welcoming space, but it's a space that celebrates young people's differences, right? Um, And their lived experiences. And so there are formal programs like Cooking with Karma or I saw a candle making uh, thing coming up. Also, uh, Mondays, people get together and make music. Yeah. Dungeons and Dragons. There's a D&D group. Yes. I'm over 12. (laughs) (laughs) And the the cool part is that in addition to Sierra, um, uh, Karma is actually one of our peer mentors, but then we have an array of uh, community members, adults that come right. in. Right, who are who yeah. are you affiliated? Who are you affiliated with? Who's working with you? You know, there's there's all sorts of people, and so okay. if you go to the home oh, yeah. recroom.org site, you can see what's what's coming up. Um, so there's a, there's a lot happening, and it's it's right because it's rotating. Yes, it's not the same thing every time. Right. Yeah. And some of it some of it is very formal programming, but then there is this option to hang out. Right. Also, the kitchen is available for yeah. people to cook in. There are lots of snacks. Mm-hmm. Um, so three thirty to six thirty um, after school, and that will those hours we're predicting will happen throughout the summer as well. All right, and. If, if a kid were interested in becoming a peer educator, could they just walk into the rec room and say, hey, can you tell me about this? Or Yes, they could. Or they could go to the homerrecroom.org website, and there's, it'll walk you through the process of applying. Um, so um, as I said, they, these teens are employed by KBFPC, so there is an application process. Um, and they meet throughout the year. They'll take some time off um, during the summer. But we provide all the training. It's a great first job. Um, and as you pointed out, kind of helps foster some life skills for sure. A whole lot of life skills. And it's a great group. It's a great community. All right. And is there anything I'm leaving out about the rec room? Because I want, I want kids to know that's, that's the place to go. It's no cost. I Thank think you. that is a really critical theme that goes through our organization, that it's not just access, but um, this idea that everybody's welcome and we want to reduce all the barriers to kind of this positive life, positive youth development. Speaking of access, uh, what about, uh, is, there, is there disability access to the building? Yes. And, and you have a big white van. <laughs> 
we do have this awesome. You have white trans. Van. You have providing transportation. <laughs> yes, from the middle school, and so this is a van that we were able to purchase um, thanks to one of uh, our funding sources, and that van was made possible in part from uh, a grant from the Rasmussen Foundation, and lots of community donations, which we certainly get a lot of. We're well, really appreciative. I just got a question from Andy Keita, who <laughs> says, "I already donated money." How else can the community members, how else can community members help? Well, Andy and everyone else out there, um, we're actually having a garage sale on Saturday as part of our April fundraising efforts. Um, as I mentioned, providing no and low cost services definitely costs money um, beyond um, right. multiple Someone, grants. Something has, some money right. has to exchange. It's right. not absolutely free. It's just no and low cost to the to the clients and teens. And so there's a garage sale happening at the clinic from 10 to 3 on Saturday. So if you want to make donations of items, um, you can contact the clinic at 235-3436, or if you just want to show up on Saturday, um, you can come say hello. I will be there for sure, as well as board members. And actually, the clinic will be open for from 10 a.m. to 12. So if you want to pop in and see what Sonia is talking about, um, you can do that then. And remind me, I'm just making notes, what time does the garage sale start on Saturday? 10 to 3. 10 to 3. And it's such a cool day because the library is having a book sale, and it's the electronics recycling day. Ooh. So it is Saturday is going to be hopping around town. Oh, right. We'll all, yeah, we'll go do the circuit. Now, uh, before we move on, I have some questions about funding and, and specifically about Title X funding. Yeah. You mentioned it earlier, and I want to get a little more in depth, but I need to circle back because I forgot to ask about the mammogram van. <laughs> so I, I just... It's hot news. I just got to know. How, how new is it? Where does it go? So the mammogram van that's coming to us is from Fairbanks, from the Breast Cancer Detection Center up there, and... Uh, it is coming on its, it's actually going to stop in Soldatna, Ninilchik, Anchor Point, and then Homer on July 16th. And it'll be parked in our parking lot all day. And so we were, again, this is this idea of reducing barriers, right? So um, there's all sorts of support for taking care of the cost of the mammograms. You can come see Sonia and Dr. Holmes, and they'll get you set up um, to get that referral, um, lots of lots of ways to support that. In fact, Abby's going to come down, I think, that day um, and pop in because Ladies First will be part of that effort as well. Um, and then the mammogra this mammogram truck is going to jump on the ferry um, and hit the road to Soldovia and <laughs> Dutch Harbor. So um, we're happy to have them kind of squeeze us into their schedule. Wonderful. Now, I do want to move on to... Uh, the Title X funding, yeah, because I have some notes from you about it, but I'd really like to hear um, how much of, like, how do we, at, or how do you at Catchmack Bay Family Planning Clinic benefit from and access Title X funding, and what's the status of that funding? It looks like, uh, from the notes, from my notes, that there has been a, sl a slight increase, but not commensurate with the increase in cost for services. But I, I would like to know, you do get some funding from them. We do. We get a, an annual... So this is federal... I'm, when I say them, Title X is federal government funding distributed by the state? 
Yeah, so what happens is the state of Alaska, DHSS, is the recipient of Title X funds from the federal government. Um, and then they, uh, we, as a subrecipient, apply for funding. Um, and currently, we are the only subrecipient in Alaska. Um, that has not always been the case, but um, is currently. And so those very critical funds help, again, like I said before, offset all of these low, no-cost services. Um, so really, that's helping us uh, make all of this possible. And so federally, the Title X funds have, have been funded by Congress at a flat amount for the past eight years. Um, but, you know, within the state, in fact, going forward, potentially our funding will be increased a little bit, um, the annual grant that we got. And they have really helped us, that program has really helped us make it through the pandemic, to be, to be honest, right? It's the, 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 that money, that funding has been really critical. Um, so we're appreciative. And the, the other great thing about Title X is, you know, there's um, a lot of kind of parameters with that program that I think helps guide our work and makes mm -hmm. sure that it's, you know, the emphasis on equity and really high quality care and make sure we're staying connected to the community that we serve um, through the information and education committee, for example, that gives us feedback on our, our the media we share with the public. So it's, it's the funding, but it also supports our organization in many other ways. Okay, thanks for that. That's Claudia Haynes, Executive Director for the Catchmack Bay Family Planning Clinic. It's just about time to wrap up, so last call for any comments or questions, call 2357721 or email Kathleen at kbbi.org. And it really is time for me to ask both of you, especially you, Sonia, uh, what is it that's happening at the clinic that we really, is there something we haven't touched on, or is there anything that you feel like has gone, on, gone unsaid? Um, I did remember something that we should probably mention. Excellent. Um, we, Dr. Holmes is actually going to start offering some male wellness visits as well. So that's something that hasn't ha occurred for a while at the, at the clinic. So we're kind of excited about being able to offer that. Um, so services um, for men being like cancer checks, cancer screenings, um, also HIV mm -hmm. for uh, prevention. So, and so certainly we've been doing um, STI testing right, and because, screening. Um, and that's always, yeah, that's always that's been the always case. That's always available. Yeah. yeah. Um, but just if, if somebody has, um, you know, any, um, it, it would be more of a wellness visit. So just any issues that they're kind of interested in just There's confirming no, everything's all right. No yeah. male birth control in the pipeline. There is in the pipeline, but well, what I, I mean in the direct pipeline, no, it's not coming to us anytime soon. It has not arrived at our, yeah, yeah. at our <laughs> door yet. <laughs> Um, they keep working on it, and I'm hopeful. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Well, I do want to remind people, Claudia, let's bring you back in uh, to remind people about pandemic portraits. Uh, also, well, first of all, let me just remind everybody, this Saturday from 10 a.m. to 3 p.m., <laughs> there is a garage sale at Catchmack <clears throat> Bay Family Planning Clinic on Ben Walters Lane. But also, if you could remind people about pandemic portraits, and then we'll see what we may have missed. Yeah, I, and one piece I wanted to add about the pandemic portraits is that uh, uh, actually a funder for KBFPC, um, Alaska Run for Women, 
helped connect us with the pandemic portraits exhibit because it the Alaska Run for Women, which is happening June 11th in Anchorage, um, gives out grants and that helped fund the development of this exhibit. So they connected us um, and also the Alaska State Council on the Arts helped fund the exhibit. And it, it's, it's really lovely to see all these um, beautiful images on the clinic wall. And so um, once again, if, you're, if you don't have an appointment to, to come see us in May, please stop by on, on May 6th between 5 and 7 p.m. and, and say hello. Um, Angie Balserini, the clinic manager, and I will, will be there um, to say hello. All right. And what about, you've been talking about after school for the rec room. Mm -hmm. Is there a summer s uh, schedule for the rec room? Yeah, we're, we're predicting um, the 3.30 to 6.30 time frame will go forward into the summer. And I know um, Sierra is kind of working on um, some programs throughout. And Summer is actually a great reason that we have that van because um, undoubtedly there will be some field trips involved. <laughs> Excellent. And also, uh, one more time, I'll go back to you, Sonia Martin-Young, nurse midwife. What, what is, how do we access care at the clinic? Like, what do I, what do I need to do? It's time for my check. So the, there's a couple ways you can do it. You can call us at um, 907-235-3436. Um, but you can also, uh, I think there's a contact on our on our website as well, kbfbc.org. Um, <clears throat> so that would be another way to kind of get hold of us. And again, just a reminder that we can do telehealth visits if need be. Um, so oh, yeah. People, just, I find that, that within my family that once you get over the hurdle that you're mm -hmm. going to do this, and it's a lot easier these days, we're all so familiar with yeah. Zoom, mm -hmm. that it's it's a really comfortable, easy way to do mm -hmm. it. Yeah, and we're really set up. I really, um, I've had some clients who were really concerned about it, and then afterward they said, oh, that was just, couldn't have been easier. So uh, hopefully that continues going forward. Yeah, and I think that's a, a really key piece to continuing to support um our clients that are in communities beyond Homer. Mm -hmm. So if you live in a community around Kachemak Bay or you're up towards Nanilchik and it's a, you know, a visit that we can do telehealth, mm -hmm. we're ready. Yeah. All right. And any final comments from you, Claudia? Is there anything you feel like that we have not covered on this list? I will make sure to post this show. And we'll post links to the rec room and we'll post links to KBFPC and to Ladies First. Maybe a few reminders about, uh, you said the run for women is only in Anchorage this year? They're doing a virtual piece also, um, but there is the live event uh, June 11th. And I, I would just remind people to get the care that you need, that you've been putting off. Um, whether it's with us or if you have a medical home, do that because, you know, we talk about a breast and cervical cancer in October a lot. Um, and that's kind of why we're having the exhibit now to have this consistent reminder that it's really important for everyone to take care of themselves. All right. Thanks. That is Claudia Haynes, executive director of Kachemak Bay Family Planning Clinic. Thanks also to Sonia Martin-Young, nurse midwife. Do you have anything else that you'd like to add? Just a reminder to also just um, check us out on our social media, um, hoping that we're going to have some more oh, really I good... always forget. What's your social media? How do we get you on your Instagram? <laughs> Facebook. <clears throat> yep. Facebook. Yep. Yep. 
and uh, yeah, if we're having other fundraisers, that's a really great way to kind of touch base, you know, to keep um, alert to what we have coming up because I think we're going to still have a few. We have some ideas of some other really good fundraisers for the summer, so keep an eye out for us. All right, and you have an opportunity at any moment to become a member of KBFPC. You can just go to kbfpc.org and become a member to help support the clinic or just walk in. Mm -hmm. And also I want to make sure to add special thanks to Abby Strufert Mm -hmm. from Ladies First, based in Soldotna, but all over the state. It's a statewide program. (laughs) My name's Kathleen Gustafson, and this has been The Coffee Table. Thank you both, Sonia Martin-Young and Claudia Haynes, for being here for my first time back in the chair. Thanks for having us, Kathleen. Thank you. Thank you.